comes to shove in a moment never show up as I think God may want to do something see it's not a question of ability it's a question of availability and are you a kind of person who is available in any given moment for the spirit of God who dwells in you to choose to do something through because Daniel shows up on the scene and Nebuchadnezzar's like well you're the guy with the spirit of the holy God in you you're going to tell me what it is what about you are you available Do you realize that God wants to work through you and that he's given you everything you need to do what he's asking? Today, Pastor Daniel challenges you to break free from inaction and the belief that you don't have what it takes to make the difference for the Lord. If you belong to Jesus, his spirit is in you and that gives you access to his power and his gifts. All that's left is for you to simply respond to Jesus. Now, here's Pastor Daniel in the book of Daniel, chapter 4, as he begins a brand new study called Divine Intervention. You know, when we think about the idea of divine intervention, we always love the idea of God being active in the world. And we love the idea that when we need God to be active in a situation and God shows up, we're like, yeah, so good. But what we don't realize is that oftentimes when God shows up, he makes things worse before he makes them better. And most often people don't really like that. I mean, is anybody like, yeah, I love it when God shows up and makes things worse so that he can make them better. But if you think about it, all through your Bibles, isn't that really the story? That God's way of making things better is often that things get really nasty first. I mean, you think about when God called Abram to leave his family in his country, and he doesn't know where he's going. He's wandering around. He has all these experiences. You think about when God chose to deliver the children of Israel from Egypt, It's all great. Moses is here. He's going to deliver us. But what went on? A lot of mess first, right? Remember, Pharaoh gets mad at him, starts, you know, you guys are lazy. I'll make you work harder. Everything goes wrong. And literally, the people are like, Moses, go away. Like, we don't like you anymore. We thought you were great. It's not great anymore. I mean, think about Jesus. In order to save the world, Jesus had to be beaten to a bloody pulp, be crucified on a cross. God's plans for deliverance often moves through very tough places. But you know that Good Friday gives way to Resurrection Sunday. You know that the plagues of Egypt give way to the promised land. You know that Abram, through all of the struggles and trials, he did have the son of promise, Isaac. But the key is, is we need to learn how to hold on to the Lord and to our hope in the midst of when God's intervention means problems. But the reason God will allow a trial is because God, as the Alpha and the Omega, the all-knowing one, realizes the only way to get to the destination 
is through the messy spots. See, God didn't just want to hurt the children of Israel. He wanted to deliver them. God didn't just want to make Abram's life a challenge. He wanted to bless him. God did not just want Jesus to be crucified. God knew that he was going to raise him from the dead because death could not hold him. And God knew that the blessing comes on the other side. But I think for a lot of us, we miss out on what God is doing in the midst of these things because it's just hard. We don't take the long view. Sure, marriages are challenging, but God's long view is that if you stick in there long enough and you keep grinding and working and loving and forgiving, something beautiful happens. Raising kids is tough. God knows if you don't kill them, you might end up with grandkids. So my dad always says to me, he's like, man, if I would have known grandkids were this fun, I would have had them first. (laughs) And we're going to see today an example of God's divine intervention that is literally going to make a person's life living hell, absolutely miserable. But problems are not purposeless, my friends, not in God's kingdom. And God wants us to learn some things about struggles and trials. I mean, this is this whole friction series, right? It's like our culture that as it is and our faith and these things collide and there's sparks and issues, but God is doing something. And we keep applying these things to our lives when we start to say, okay, Lord, in the midst of all of this, how am I supposed to move through this world in a way that is full of grace and truth, that is a way that is full of love, that is redemptive, So let's jump on into this. Open up in your Bibles to the book of Daniel, chapter 4. The prophet Daniel, chapter 4, as we continue this friction series. Daniel, chapter 4. I want to get you the book of Daniel. Of course, if you have some sort of a a device with uh, connectivity, we call them smart devices, open up your favorite browser window, just type in Daniel 4, it comes right up. But it's easy to find the prophet Daniel because he's the last of the four major prophets, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, and Daniel. They're all pretty large books, 50-ish chapters, some a little longer, some a little shorter. And then you have Daniel as the fourth of those. So if you find Ezekiel, turn to your right. If you find a bunch of other guys' names, you probably want to turn to your left. Daniel chapter four, jumping on in. Look at what it says in verse one. It says, Nebuchadnezzar the king, to all peoples and nations and languages that dwell in all the earth, peace be multiplied to you, I thought it good to declare the signs and wonders that the most high God has worked for me. How great are his signs and how mighty his wonders. His kingdom is an everlasting kingdom and his dominion is from generation to generation. Verse four, I, Nebuchadnezzar, was at rest in my house and flourishing in my palace. I saw a dream which made me afraid and the thoughts on my bed and the visions of my head troubled me. Therefore, I issued a decree to bring all the wise men of Babylon before me, and they might make known to me the interpretation of the dream. Then the magicians, the astrologers, the Chaldeans, and the soothsayers came in, and I told them the dream, and they did not make known to me its interpretation. But at last, Daniel came before me. His name is Belteshazzar, according to the name of my God. In him is the spirit of the holy God. And I told the dream before him, saying, Belteshazzar, chief of the musicians, 
Because I know that the spirit of the holy God is in you and no secret troubles you, explain to me the visions of my dream that I have seen and its interpretation. These were the visions of my head while on my bed. I was looking to behold a tree in the midst of the earth and its height was great and the tree grew and became strong. Its height reached to the heavens and it could be seen to the ends of the earth. Its leaves were lovely, its fruit abundant. And in it was food for all. The beasts of the field found shade under it. The birds of the heaven dwelt in its branches and all flesh was fed from it. I saw in the visions of my head while on my bed and there was a watcher, a holy one, coming down from heaven and cried aloud and said thus, chop down the tree and cut off its branches, strip off its leaves and scatter its fruit. Let the beasts get out from under it and the birds from its branches. Nevertheless, leave the stump and the roots in the earth, bound with a band of iron and bronze in the tender grass of the field, let it be wet with the dew of heaven, and let him graze with the beasts and on the grass of the earth. Let his heart be changed from that of a man, and let him be given the heart of a beast, and let seven times pass over him. The decision is by the decree of the watchers and the sentence by the word of the holy ones." in order that the living may know that the most high rules in the kingdom of men, gives it to whomever he will and sets over it the lowest of men. Verse 18, this dream I, King Nebuchadnezzar, have seen. Now you, Belteshazzar, tell its interpretation and declare it since all the wise men of my kingdom are not able to make known to me the interpretation. But you are able for the spirit of the holy God is within you. Now, you notice in this long section that I've read that this is a letter written from King Nebuchadnezzar to all the people of his realm, right? So Nebuchadnezzar is writing this after the fact, after what's gone on, which we're going to be studying today. And he says, I thought it was good, verse 2, to declare the signs and wonders that the Most High God has worked for me. How great are his signs and how mighty his wonders his kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and his dominion is from generation to generation. So you notice, he wants to tell a story of divine intervention. He's like, this is what the Lord God has done. This is what's gone on in my life. So he's testifying. He's sharing a testimony about this is who the Lord is and what he's done in my life. And obviously, for King Nebuchadnezzar, as that head of gold, that great king of a great empire, for him to declare that the Lord's kingdom is an everlasting kingdom and his dominion is from generation to generation. He's boasting about another king. So God's done something. And then he recounts this story. And the story, again, Nebuchadnezzar has a dream. Didn't we see this in chapter two? So Nebuchadnezzar has a dream and this dream challenges him again. So instead of like the last time, remember he called everybody in. He said, you tell me the dream and tell me its interpretation. I'm gonna kill you. This time he's like, I'm going to tell you the dream. Tell me its interpretation. He doesn't threaten to kill anybody. Praise God. You know, so Nebuchadnezzar, he's in process too. He's growing up as well. He's not totally nuts at this point. But he tells this dream, but everyone's stumped. Nobody can answer it. So then what you find out in the midst of all of this is that he decides to call Daniel. Look what it says in verse 8. But at last... Daniel came before me. His name is Belteshazzar. According to the name of my God, in him is the spirit of the holy God. 
And I told the dream before him, saying, verse 9, Belshazzar, chief of the magicians, because I know that the spirit of the holy God is in you, and no secret troubles you, explain to me the visions of my dream that I have seen and its interpretation. My friends, even though God intervenes, each one of us, you and I, we have spirit ability. You notice what he does? Nobody can answer it, but then he calls for Daniel. He says, now I know the spirit of the holy God's in you. Do you realize that if you're here today and you are in Christ, that you have spirit ability? That's what it means to be a follower of Jesus. Now, right here, I realize that there's some of you who would say, well, yeah, this whole thing, we have spirit ability. Everybody has spirit ability. No, you're wrong. And here's why you're wrong. Because the Bible makes a distinction between the breath of life, which is the ability to be alive, and the spirit of the living God. There is a distinction there. Every single human person, every single animal has the breath of life in them, thus you're alive. But that does not mean you have the unique ability that comes by the Holy Spirit. This is a different thing. And we live in a day and age because people, everyone's got the Spirit. I mean, you're alive. Yes, everyone's alive. That's the breath of life. The Spirit of the living God is something completely different. And that is a unique scenario that is reserved to the people who believe in Jesus And because of their faith in Jesus, a person now gets indwelt by the power and the person of the Holy Spirit, unique from the breath of life. And if you are here today and you have put your faith and trust in Jesus, then you have spirit ability because the spirit of the living God dwells in you uniquely. But here's the deal. Here's the deal. I think what goes on for most of us is we know that to be true, but because we doubt the work and person of Jesus, we don't realize how much potential is bound up in us because of the Spirit. We are so used to doubting ourselves and doubting our situations that all of a sudden something goes on and we never even think, I got spirit ability. I got the ability of the Holy Spirit in my life. I mean, you think about all the gifts of the Spirit. I'll never forget this. I was a young pastor. It's funny when you're a 23-year-old pastor, you know, And I'm sitting, I went out to dinner with some folks in the congregation that I was serving as an assistant pastor. And I'll never forget, we were coming back from this restaurant. And at the time, their nine-year-old daughter says, Pastor Daniel, I have a question for you. Okay. She's like, what spiritual gifts do you have? I was like, man, what's wrong? What are people feeding their kids, you know? I thought she was going to like offer me a Twinkie or something. But I stopped for a second and I thought to myself, man, that's a, that's a great question. And I said, to be honest with you, her name was Danielle, Danielle, I believe I have all the spiritual gifts. She's like, really? I'm like, yeah, because the spirit of the living God dwells in me. Now, I'm not saying I walk in all the gifts, but at any given point in my life, because the spirit of God dwells in me, the potential for those gifts to be at work are available in my life. And I was so happy I said that. I was like, I'm like, that's really good theology. And this girl's dad was one of the elders of the church. He's like, Daniel, that's really good theology. And I was like, yes. Holla, you know. But there's nothing more beautiful when you speak and you're preaching to yourselves because I would never have thought of that before until I get put on the spot by this cute little nine-year-old girl. But know what the reality is, is that if you are here today and you are in Christ, then the potential of every single spiritual gift dwells in you because the Spirit of God has taken up residence in your life. 
But you know what the problem is? A lot of us, when push comes to shove in a moment, never show up as, I think God may want to do something. See, it's not a question of ability. It's a question of availability. And are you a kind of person who is available in any given moment for the spirit of God who dwells in you to choose to do something through? Because Daniel shows up on the scene and Nebuchadnezzar's like, well, you're the guy with the spirit of the holy God in you. You're going to tell me what it is. Because Daniel's already put himself out there and God has already done a work. And I want to encourage you to realize the potential of spiritual power that dwells in you, not because you're special, but because the spirit of the living God dwells in you because you are born again. And how different would your life be if all of a sudden you started to say to yourself, God can do anything through my life. I could be the vehicle through whom Jesus' kingdom touches down. And a lot of us have never had that thought before but not anymore because I just shared it with you from God's word. And so now my encouragement is to say to yourself, I have spirit ability. Go ahead, say it out loud. Go ahead. Yeah. This is what I want you to do. In every moment going forward, when you see a situation that comes on up where you think God wants to work, I want you to remind one another. I want you to provoke one another to love and good works. Say, you have spirit ability. Look at the person next to you. Tell them, say, you have spirit ability. You realize how powerful this is. Now listen, you have spirit ability because Jesus is the Son of God. He is the Messiah. Listen to what it says. Because we find out in Luke chapter 4, as Jesus is beginning his ministry, that Jesus had spirit ability as well. Listen to what it says. Luke, I'm going to read verses 1 to 2 and then verse 14. It says, Then Jesus, being filled with the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, being tempted for 40 days by the devil. And in those days he ate nothing. And afterward, when they had ended, he was hungry. And then verse 14, Then Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit to Galilee, and news of him went out throughout the surrounding region. You hear all the Spirit language in the ministry of Jesus. He was filled with the Spirit, right, after his baptism. He was led by the Spirit into the wilderness where he got led by the Spirit to get tempted by the devil. And then after he did not succumb to that temptation, he returned in the power of the Holy Spirit. And my friends, that's part of the friction of life. That when you are filled with the Spirit and you are led by the Spirit, it is not spiritual Disneyland. You have all sorts of churches. They want to tell you, man, you get the Spirit-filled life and you can have un- supernatural power. Everything's going to go great. And then all of a sudden, you come back from their little retreat where they took a lot of your money for you to be there. And then all of a sudden, everything falls apart. You say to yourself, what's happening? Because the Bible says that when God calls us, Satan is just going to be like, well, listen, just do what you want to do. Have fun. Be all spirit-filled. He comes in with a baseball bat. Trying to pull a Tanya Harding on you. But you know how Nancy Kerrigan got on with that thing. She was limping, but God did a work. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, it's because you weren't a child of the 80s and you missed that part of life. It's a Gen X reference. You young millennials, just go look it up. Say, who's Tanya Harding? Who's Nancy Kerrigan? You know, it's cool. No, it's not cool. It's horrible, actually. But it's like the perfect reference for what I'm trying to get at. (laughs) Now, here's the thing. 
There's some of you here right now, you've never put your faith and trust in Jesus before. Now listen, I don't want to be the downer, but you don't have spirit ability. I'm going to be honest with you. If you've been here at all, you realize I am not going to lie to you. If you are not in Christ, you do not have spirit ability, but not because you don't have the opportunity for it, it's because you don't want it. If you put your faith and trust, then you get all the benefits that come from putting your faith and trust in you. And if you say, well, I don't want Jesus, then you do not get those benefits. And you have to realize that. But it's not because God doesn't want you to have it, because God has done everything except make you a robot so that you would have spirit ability. Jesus has already lived the perfectly lived life. He already died on the cross and he already rose again. And you have been invited numerous times, not only while you're watching this and being a part of what's going on at Crossroads right now, because God wants you to be involved, but you have to say thank you. You have to receive that. To quote good old American Express, membership has its privileges. I'm not saying that the Holy Spirit is not working on you from the outside, but it's a whole other thing when you're getting worked on from the outside than when you're getting worked on from the inside. It's a big difference. It's a big difference. And I believe you're here today hearing this unique message because deep down, even though maybe you haven't dotted all your I's and crossed all your T's and you're not so sure about this whole Jesus thing, you deep down say, I want the ability of the Holy God to be at work in my life. Like, I've never met a person who doesn't want to have a life that has overtones of supernatural reality to it. And I believe that God wants you to have it. And God's done everything other than make you believe it. And if you say yes to Jesus, then the spirit of the living God will dwell in you. And you will have spirit ability. You will have the ability of the spirit for whatever it is that God wants to do. But again, the key is that we be available. And what's beautiful is Daniel, in the midst of a pagan empire, is super available. Like, he's working there. Like, you would think, he'd be like, well, I'm a religious Jewish guy. I don't want to be involved in this. No, he's totally there. And he shows on up, and Nebuchadnezzar shares this dream with him. And the dream is interesting. It's this large tree, and it's a beautiful tree. And it was growing, and it was strong, and its height reached to the heaven, and everybody could see this tree. And all the birds of the air hung out there. It was a great place to hang out. All the beasts of the field, they rested underneath it. And then all of a sudden, one of these watchers, these holy ones, like almost like an, an angelic being, comes on out and declares, cut down this tree. Strip away all of its branches, all the leaves, all the fruit, all the beasts of the earth. Get out from underneath it. All those birds go away. Why? Because we find out that this tree is not a tree. It's a person. And he says, leave the stump, but let his heart be changed from that of a man and let him be given the heart of a beast. Pastor Daniel closed out today's message by urging you to be like the prophet Daniel, who was willing to be used by God. You see, Daniel made himself available. He simply responded to the Lord when opportunities came. And because of that, God was able to use Daniel to do amazing things, things that showed others that God is real powerful and above all other gods. And God wants to use you in the same ways. But the key is that you have to say yes and make yourself available to him. 
Pastor Daniel's message today is just one of many he shared from a variety of books in the Bible. Would you like to explore more? Just visit JesusIsRealRadio.com to access our library of audio. You can also connect with Pastor Daniel on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram through the links you'll find at the bottom of the page, JesusIsRealRadio.com. Hey, this is Josh, and I wanted to personally thank you for listening today to Jesus Is Real Radio. Did you know that Pastor Daniel also has a TV program? It's called Real with Daniel Fusco. I want to encourage you to go to JesusIsRealRadio.com, click on the Stations option in the main menu, and find out if Real with Daniel Fusco airs on a TV station in your area. Next time on Jesus is Real Radio, Pastor Daniel will continue to unpack the meaning of Nebuchadnezzar's dream. You'll see God intervene in his life in ways that weren't comfortable or easy. But as you'll discover, he was bringing about real change in the king's heart and character that would end up blessing him and everyone around him. You've been listening to Jesus is Real Radio with Pastor Daniel Fusco of Crossroads Community Church. Pastor Daniel will continue teaching through his series called Friction. Until then, may God bless.